If you can stand to your feet for me, the Bible says something significant about the worship of God's people. David said it like this in the Psalms, that the humble shall hear thereof and be made glad. Many times we don't know that our own worship and our praise can make somebody else's soul glad. So here's what I want to do this morning. Somebody may have came in here a little bit low. Somebody may have came in here a little bit confused, a little bit downtrodden. And watch this. The gift that's going to make them glad is your voice. So in this moment, if we could just lift our hands and begin to bless the name of our God. Father, we bless you. Come on, open up your mouth. Somebody is going to be made glad this morning by your worship, by your praise. Come on, bless them. Tell them how much you love them. With one collective voice, Father, we bless your name this morning. God, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. Come on, nobody, nobody quiet this morning. Somebody needs to be made glad. The humble shall hear thereof and be made glad. We bless your name on this morning. Father, you are worthy and worthy to be praised. God, there's none like you. Awesome you are. Great you are. God, we searched all over and could find none like you. Come on, begin to bless his name. Bless his name. With the fruit of your lips, begin to bless his name. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. You are worthy and worthy to be praised. Y'all don't know the pastor might need to be made glad this morning. Come on, bless his name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And let us seal that with a hand clap of praise. We bless his name on this morning. If you can, take up your Bibles. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Your presence just means that God is still good. <laughs> your presence means that God is still good. His mercies are still new every morning. I'm, for those of you who weren't here, just keep my wife in prayer. Uh, it's allergy season, y'all, so we already got a test that she don't have COVID. Uh, but our allergies are bothering her, so she's just at home resting and recuperating. And then also, let's keep uh, our own sister Betty Harvest in prayer. She went into the hospital for what seemed like a small procedure, and she's still there. So we just want to lift her up in prayer. I'm coming from 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. I've been in this series called Unshakable. Somebody say Unshakable. And with all that's going on, we need a spirit and a resolve that is unshakable. Um, and I talked about the providential God or the providence of God in the midst of trouble. And I want to continue in that vein on this morning. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 verses 1 through 4. Reading from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you don't have it, it's on your screen. The Bible says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it'd be good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and a minister of God, our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Verse number three says that no one should be shaken by these, these afflictions. Somebody say no one. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. For in fact, we told you before when we were with you that you would suffer tribulation. Just as it happened, and you know. Verse number three, here's the encouraging thing in our text. That no one 
should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are we're, uh, were appointed to this. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I want to minister from this subject this morning, uh, the believer's posture in the midst of trouble. I believe there's a posture that every believer should have in the midst of trouble if we want to be unshaken. Somebody say unshaken. And I said this last week that the providence of God gives us the, the right perspective in the midst of trouble. If we want to look at trouble with the right perspective, we've got to understand that in light of God's providence. But here's what I need us to know. Your, your posture in the midst of um, trouble will determine if you're preserved in trouble. Did y'all hear what I just said? It's one thing to have the right perspective concerning trouble, but I just don't want to have the right perspective. I want to be preserved. So some folk can know that I'm going to be that God's hand is in the midst of trouble, but still not find themselves preserved. I want to be able to go through the troubles of life and somebody say, I want to be preserved. And it's all going to be determined by your posture. Notice what David says in Psalm 40, verse 2. I don't know if I have this on the screen. So, no, oh, I do. Watch this. He says, he also brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. Somebody says his posture. And establish my steps. This is, this is critical. I need y'all to see this. It was where David's feet were planted that caused him to be protected in the face of trouble. And somebody may be saying, why? Because the posture of David in the midst of trouble, watch this, determined who he was dependent upon. His posture in the midst of trouble determined his decisions. And his posture in the midst of trouble determined his di di direction in the face of trouble. It determined all all of that. So the question we've got to ask ourselves when we face trouble is where are my feet planted? Because if we can be honest, the reason that trouble has defeated many of us rather than us defeating trouble is because of who we were dependent upon. We depended upon the wrong people and the wrong things. And it's all determined by my posture. Watch this. Our posture, we made some wrong decisions. It was this decisions that we made that caused trouble to defeat us and the directions we took in the midst of trouble. Many of us took the make took the wrong directions while we were in trouble. And this is why the believer's ability to be unshaken in a problematic world requires the right posture of the believer. If I want to be unshaken, it's all going to be determined by my posture. And this is why this pandemic has been so difficult for so many believers. Because believers depended upon their job more so than, the, than God as their gyra. Believers decided to forsake the assembly of believers rather than those who attacked the church. And believers directed, watch this, their attention to the media rather than Jesus as their Messiah. Somebody say it was their posture. Their posture determined all of this in their lives. In other words, their posture in the midst of trouble caused them more pain rather than being preserved. Therefore, if it's our desire to be preserved by despite the chaos of this world, we've got to ask ourselves is what is the posture that I must have so that I can be protected in the midst of trouble? Somebody say, what's that posture? I believe we find the answer to this question in Paul's letter to the church at Thessalonica in our foundational text. But I need us to understand something about these believers in our text. 
these believers were attacked. We find that in Acts 17, verse 6. These believers were also arrested. Y'all ain't been arrested yet. I hope not. Acts 17, 9. And these believers were even forced to be abandoned. This is Acts 17, 14. But despite their great suffering, these believers still remain steadfast. Uh, Y'all know we get bent out of shape when folk attack us. We get bent out of shape when we get the call about somebody else getting arrested, not us. Yeah, but these believers still yet remain steadfast. And notice what Paul speaks of these believers in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. He says, without ceasing your work. So despite them being attacked, despite them being arrested, they did not seek. Um, seats their work of faith, their labor of love and their patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. And I believe it was the posture of these believers that caused them to be unshaken despite the trouble they face. And as it was for these believers in Thessalonica, I believe it can be so for us that in the midst. And I told y'all that in this season, we're going to have to be unshakable because y'all think it's bad now. Just wait until tomorrow. We're always getting something. And it's like, it's, what's, what's next? So as believers, I don't want to be caught up in what I see in the news. Somebody say, I want to be unshaken. I want to be, be unshaken. So I want to be like these believers in our text. And my prayer this morning is that we can receive wisdom concerning our posture in the midst of trouble so that we can be preserved. Here's the first thing I need us to know. I want us to walk the text. Let's look at verse number one. The Bible says, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it be good to be left in Athens alone. Here's what I need us to understand. Your ability to survive suffering is dependent upon your ability to have sense enough to know the degree of suffering that you don't have strength to endure. Did y'all hear what I just said? If I'm going to survive suffering, I've got to have sense enough. Somebody say have some sense. To know that there's some level or degree of suffering that I in myself don't have the strength enough to endure. I've, I've got to know that some of y'all think y'all bad and y'all tough, that y'all can do anything. But know there's some suffering that you're not strong enough to endure. Uh, because if we can be honest, there are times when trouble can be too much for us to handle. Somebody may be saying why. Because watch this, each of us have a capacity of burden or trouble that we are able to bear. God has equipped us with a certain level of capacity that I'm able to bear. You not all that and a bag of chips, you can't handle everything. Somebody may be saying, how do I know? I always give y'all texts. I don't just say stuff that sound good. Uh, Notice what the Bible says. Uh, did Did I put it up there? Keep going, please. Keep going. Notice this. Notice what the Bible says in Matthew 16, 24. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up. Does it say your brother cross? Uh, Does it say your mama cross? No, it says take up your own cross and follow me. So that means God has equipped us with our own troubles. There's only a certain amount that we're equipped to bear. Your own cross. Somebody say my own cross. Every believer has been equipped with um, to endure their own cross. And herein lies one of the reasons that many believers are shaken by the troubles of this world. Watch this. Because many believers get involved in trouble that don't belong to them. Did y'all hear what I just said? I don't want to be burdened by other people's business that don't belong to me. How many times have we found ourselves stressing out about somebody else's troubles? 
God says, I've only equipped you to endure a certain degree of troubles. And watch this. Here's the first thing I need y'all to do. We've got to be fair minded. Somebody say, I got to be fair minded. Somebody made me say, what do I mean getting burned about other people's business? That's your mama marriage, not yours. That's your sibling scandal, not yours. And watch this. Y'all ain't going to like that. That's your friend's finances, not yours. Business that does not belong to you. And watch this. If they don't invite you into it, don't invite your own self into it. I'm not trying. I've got somebody say I got my own troubles. Business that don't belong to you. A lot of folk get in trouble getting in other folk business. No, and y'all, y'all believe that this ain't Bible. Y'all mama used to tell you, mind your own business. But watch this, God said it first. No, notice what the Bible says uh, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11. Make it your goal to live a quiet life. And somebody say, mind your own business. Oh, y'all will save yourself a lot of heartache if you would just mind your own business. I know they shared it on Facebook, but mind your own business. Oh, I feel bad, but I'm going to mind my own business. I don't know about y'all. I feel bad. I feel bad, but I'm going to mind my own business. So if you don't want trouble to trouble you, learn to mind your own business. Uh, notice this is important to note that you don't have time to be in everybody else's trouble because every day brings enough trouble in itself. Did y'all hear what I just said? Some of y'all like getting in other folk trouble, but watch this. I ain't trying to get in everybody trouble because every day has enough trouble in itself. I'm going to give y'all a quick example. Me and my wife went to go surprise my mama for her birthday. And watch this. We thought that we were just going to go down there and have a nice little time. And then my wife's allergies started acting up. So I'm like, oh, Lord, I hope she ain't got COVID. My, my, I've got my own troubles. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? I ain't got time to be in other folk trouble. And y'all be losing your mind by somebody else's trouble. Somebody say, mind your own business. Mind your own business. Uh, This is why as believers, we must endure the trouble that we've been equipped to endure. Did y'all hear that? The reason why folk lose their mind, the reason why folk get, watch this, got to go see somebody, they they, they got uh, admitted into some place, they get Baker Act, because many times they take on folk trouble that they should have never took on. God is saying, I know in this world you'll face many troubles. The Bible even says many are the afflictions of the righteous. So God is saying that I've, I know that there's going to be trouble. But watch this. I've equipped you to endure your own cross. And the reason why folk lose their mind is because y'all get in other, other people's business when you should mind your own business. Okay, see, y'all don't like that. This is why the posture of the believer in the midst of trouble is that we be fair-minded. Consider what Paul says in our foundational text. He says, therefore, this is Paul, y'all, who who wrote over two-thirds of the New Testament. He said, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good. In other words, Paul knew the limits of trouble he could handle. Somebody say, I got to know my limits. He knew the degree of trouble that he could live with. Somebody say, I got to know what I can live with. And he knew the type of trouble he could long suffer through. I've got to, somebody say, I've got to know my limits. I've got, I've got to know that because watch this, because you have to have a level mind about trouble that you can handle or trouble will cause you to lose your mind. Did y'all hear what I just said? You have to have a level mind about the trouble you can handle or trouble will cause you to lose your mind. 
I had to learn this over the course of my short little life. If I want to extend my life, I've got to know the limits of trouble that I can handle. Uh, that, that's just too much. I know you want me to help you. I know you think I can help you. I know you think I got resources. But listen, that's too much trouble for me to handle. I, I've got to know. So, listen, this, y'all be trying to reconcile with folk that God ain't never tell you to reconcile with. So you've got to know what kind of trouble you can live with. I'm not going to be living with folk that's going to cause me to lose my mind. Watch this. I've also got to know that there's only a certain amount of trouble that I can long suffer through. As a believer, the, the Bible says that long suffering is one of the fruits of the spirit. But listen, I ain't going to long suffer with everybody. I'm not some, somebody say I'm not God. I'm not God. Oh, I'm not God. Because you will lose your mind. You will lose your mind. And, and, and watch this. Because it hits. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves when we encounter trouble is my mind sound enough to make a sound decision concerning trouble. Did y'all hear what I just said? Whenever trouble presents itself in your life, you've got to ask yourself, is my mind sound enough to make a sound, sound decision concerning trouble? And here's a good litmus test of if I have a sound mind. Is my mind already overwhelmed with thoughts of trouble? Somebody say that's not a sound mind. Is my mind in a position to discern if this trouble has been ordained for me? Somebody say, if I can't do that, that, that's not a sound mind. Is my mind, watch this, we've got to understand, is it still recovering from a season of opposition caused by trouble? I've got to know if I'm still grieving the loss of a loved one and trouble um, finds itself at my doorstep, I may not have a sound mind to make a sound decision concerning this next season of trouble. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So I've got to I've got to ask myself these questions when I encounter trouble, because maybe I may not be fair minded. Somebody say you got to be fair minded, because if your mind is not sound enough to make a sound decision concerning trouble, watch this trouble can take you out rather than you taking on trouble. We always want to be in a position as a believer to take on trouble, but I cannot take on trouble. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't care how strong you think you are. Watch this. I don't even care how many scriptures you know. I don't care what kind of title you have because the first step in this spiritual battle is having a sound mind. Tell your neighbor you got to have a sound mind. So here's the first thing I I want y'all to understand. If we want to be unshaken I've got to make sure that I'm fair-minded, that I'm, that I'm sound concerning this trouble that I'm facing. So this is why the posture of the believer in the midst of trouble must be that we are fair-minded. Somebody say, mind your own business. So now, notice this. Let's go to verse number two of our text. The Bible says, and, and this is speaking of Paul, sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you and encourage you concerning your faith. Watch this. When we don't have the ability, this is why it's so critical to know the trouble that you're able to endure on your own. Because when we don't have the ability to carry the trouble we face in life, then it's critical that we are connected to those that can help us carry it. Y'all heard what I just said? I need to be connected. This is why you can't. I know we all brothers and sisters in Christ, but it matters who who you're connected to. Somebody say it matters. Because when I'm in trouble, I don't need nobody that's going to talk about my trouble. I need somebody who's going to help me carry my trouble. And watch this. Here's one of the reasons why many believers are shaken by the troubles of life. is because we isolate ourselves from our help. 
how many times you know believers that get into trouble and they isolate themselves from other believers? So tell your neighbor, don't isolate yourself. The other thing is we ignore our help. We ask, we call, and we say, how you doing? And we say we're blessed and highly favored, and we know that you ain't trained your drawers in five days. Somebody say, we ignore our help. Okay, y'all don't like that. You will fake the funk, and you'll be in the bed depressed. So when folk try to reach out, I ain't seen you in a while, girl. I ain't hear from you in a while. Don't ignore my call. Accept your help. And watch this. How many of us think help is irrelevant? Because I've been in this journey too long. One of the things that my wife told about me when she first met me, she said, you're so independent. I said, I, I was like, I wanted to make my own food. I wanted to fix my own plate. I wanted to do all these things. And she was, all she was trying to do was step in and help. And watch this. I negated, I'm a little bit too deep into my sermon. I'm going too far. But I negated her assignment in my life. Do y'all realize that when you ignore, when you think help is irrelevant, when you isolate yourself from your help, you might be negating somebody else's assignment in your life. Oh, somebody say, don't hinder my assignment. The Bible says that, that, that uh, my wife should be my helpmate. Huh? Watch as you make the devil's job easier when you don't have the help of other disciples in the midst of trouble. Did y'all hear what I just said? You make the devil's job. I don't care that you on the intercessory prayer team. I don't care that you the pastor's armor bearer. You make the devil's job easier. Tell him don't make his job easier. I'm not trying to make the devil's job easier. And many, watch this. Here's the critical thing. We, if we're going to have a posture in the midst of trouble, we need the fellowship of other believers. Somebody say fellowship is critical. In other words, you need the right fellowship of believers to win the fight against trouble. Uh, therefore, believers must posture themselves in fellowship in the midst of trouble. And this is why when Paul discerned the trouble that the believers in Thessalonica were facing, our foundational text says, somebody say, he sent Timothy. And he didn't just send nobody. He sent Timothy, our brother and our minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and encourage you and concerning your faith. And here's the problem with a lot of believers when we get into trouble. We just try to attach ourselves to whoever's around, whoever's the closest, whoever's near, whoever I used from the, for the last time that God pulled me out of something. But somebody say not so. It has to be the right fellowship. Somebody say the right fellowship. The fellowship of Timothy was necessary for these believers to navigate the trouble they were facing. And this is why Galatians 6 and 2 admonish us to bear one another's burdens. Hear this. This is how you know. The, 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 and I, I talked about minding our own business. We should only get involved in people's business that God invites us into or they invite us into. Don't invite yourself. Did y'all hear what I just said? Don't invite yourself unless the spirit leads you. And this is what gets a lot of us who have open hearts in trouble because it, because our hearts are for people we will see a need and think we're the one called to meet that need. And then we wonder why that we're always burnt out. We always find out why we're always disappointed. Maybe the spirit never led you to help. So I'm only going to get involved in another believer's business. Watch this. If the spirit invites me. Because if the spirit invites me, somebody say there's peace. There's peace. Okay. 
So, so I, I need us to understand we're called to bear one another's burdens. And notice this, not only, it, it, this means when you fail to have fellowship in the face of trouble, you will hinder the assignment of your brother. Because watch this, some trouble has the ability to bury you when you don't have another believer to help you bear it. Did y'all hear what I just said? Some trouble has the ability to bury and you wonder, how did I get here? Maybe it was because you never had a believer there to help you bear that trouble. So many, what saddens my heart when I see folk going through, and I have to say, you all right? I, 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 you can't be, somebody say, don't be missing that long. Somebody say, don't be disconnected that long. Because the longer that you're disconnected is the deeper you dig your ditch into trouble. Because there's a believer, somebody say there's a believer assigned. So, so, so notice this. Uh, notice what the latter portion of Proverbs 17, 17 says. And a brother is born for adversity. Somebody say a brother is born. That means God has ordained a believer to help you bear certain trouble in your life. This means when you fail to have the fellowship in the face of trouble. Watch this. I said this. Somebody say don't hinder my assignment. And watch this, not only do you hinder someone else's assignment, you add more trouble to your life. God says, I've, there's a brother that has been born for the sister. Somebody say, there's a sister that's been born. Somebody has been born. Some, God has given someone an assignment to help me bear the troubles of my life. And I'll be a fool to try to think I'll be able to do this life. Somebody say, on my own. Folk that say I don't need church folk, folk that say I don't need the church, I folk that say I don't need the fellowship, I just, just me and God is going to be you and somebody say trouble. And the folk that find themselves in deep in trouble are the ones who find themselves isolated in the face of trouble. Not, and now watch this, not only is fellowship necessary when facing trouble, but the right fellowship, somebody say the right fellowship. Notice what our text says that Timothy was needed for, to establish them. And to encourage them concerning your faith. Because here's the good news. I, I don't need your money. Somebody say, I need your encouragement. Somebody say, I don't need your connections. I need your encouragement. I don't need your resources. Somebody say, I need your encouragement. Because many times our ability to endure the trouble that we face in life is simply all we need. Somebody say, is encouragement. All you need somebody to say, girl, get up, fix your face, wash your face, put on some makeup, put on a dress, and come on and let's go. Somebody say encouragement. So all you need to say is, I know you my boy, but I've seen you do it before. Get yourself up and do it. Somebody say, I just need encouragement. I need somebody. I need an old mother who will say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Somebody say, I need encouragement. It ain't nothing like getting a word that shifts you from one place to another. And many times, y'all, y'all don't need all this stuff you think you need. You just need encouragement. So the critical question when you're faced with trouble is, is who are you connected to that you can call on to encourage your faith? I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. There should be somebody in your phone, somebody that you know that you can call to get encouragement Somebody say concerning your faith. If you don't have that, somebody say that's a problem. That's a problem, problem, y'all. And watch this. I believe in y'all phone. Somebody say right now. now. 
you got more folk that you can call to gossip about your trouble and not encourage you through your trouble. You got more folk that will tell you, girl, give up because I done gave up too on your trouble rather than get you through your, your trouble. And we've got folk in our phones that will tell you to curse God about your trouble. Watch this. Rather than encourage you through your trouble. Because the sad reality is, is that many of us know more church folk that know how to gossip, that can tell you to give up, that we know most, more church folk that know how to cuss than rather than getting me a scripture through. I said, somebody say that's a sad reality. But here's the good news. Notice what Paul says. Paul did not say, I'm going to get you the 12 apostles. Paul did not say, I'm going to get you the church of believers from Galatia. Somebody say he sent one person. All it takes is one person to get me through. Watch this adversity. All it takes is one person. Somebody say all it takes is one. Y'all, y'all got to you. You've got to find somebody to say one. one. I've got to have at least one person that can call and encourage me. And when I get that word, I can get up and do some things in God. I, I know that this trouble seems like it's insurmountable, but it's that one call from my grandma that to get me. Somebody say get me through. Oh, all we need is one. Somebody say all I need is one. Uh, notice this uh, many times all you need is the encouragement to continue despite the trouble that you're confronted with consider the encouraging words of Barnabas and to the believers in Antioch in Acts chapter 11 verse 23 I believe it's on our screen he was glad and encouraged them all with the purpose of heart that they should continue and here's what I need us to understand this don't mean trouble will end but I can still continue this don't mean that the trouble got any lighter, but somebody say, I can endure. All you need is a, the encouragement of one believer to endure some trouble that other folk got taken out in. Somebody say, I just need to be encouraged. So it's critical that as we are in this fight against trouble, that we have the fellowship of other believers that can help us fight. Uh, this is why we must be postured with the right fellowship. Listen, I'm almost done, y'all. Uh, you, want, you want to endure trouble? You want to be unshaken by the troubles of life? Somebody say, I got to have a fair mind. You got to have a sound mind concerning your trouble. And then hear this. When you don't have a sound mind, you might need the right fellowship. Somebody say the right fellowship. <laughs> say, girl, don't make that decision because your mind ain't right right now. You just lost that baby. Your mind ain't right. Somebody say your mind ain't right. And, and watch this, you, I need folk that can be honest with me. That's why the right fellowship is so critical. Don't tell me that everything is well. No, baby, tell me that your mind ain't right. I need some folk like that. You see, we got too many believers that will sugarcoat stuff this generation. I don't want nobody that's going to sugarcoat stuff to me. Call me out on my sin. Call me when I'm not right. Tell me I ain't got no sound mind. Tell me, baby, you need to get some counseling. Well, we got believers that will sugarcoat our journey in God. I ain't got time for that, y'all. I'm Listen, I know folk probably say I'm a young pastor, a young preacher, but I've gotten to the place I remember um, Dr. Claudette Anderson Copeland or one of these preachers said that they're 50 and free. I don't want to wait till I'm 50 to be free. I want to be able to go to Charlotte and say, Charlotte, some stuff in your life ain't right. And Charlotte, receive it. Watch this with all gladness. We need people that can call us out and help us in this journey. Somebody say, life is too hard. I ain't got time to be playing with you. Life is too hard. Watch this. Now let's look at verse number three. 
The Bible says that no one should be shaken by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. Here's what I need us to understand. The most potent attacks of the enemy are the attacks that the believer is not prepared for. Whenever the enemy gets the upper hand on us is when we're not prepared for his attacks. This is why the Bible says don't be ignorant of his devices. Somebody say don't be ignorant. Because watch this. And this is how the enemy uses the troubles of life to cause us to be shaken. He wants us to believe, hear this, that we are not, that we are unprepared for the problems that life brings. Yet here's what our foundational text says, that no one should be shaken by these afflictions for you yourselves know that we are appointed to this. And this word appointed in our foundational text refers, watch this, to God's intent or even more assigned by God. Somebody say troubles have been assigned to me. See, we don't like that. We think that because we're saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost, that troubles won't be assigned to you. And I said it earlier, the Bible says in this world you'll face many troubles. The Bible even says in Job chapter 1 that man born of a woman is of a few days and somebody say full of trouble. And the Bible says that many are the afflictions of the righteous. So I can't be so confused to think that I'm saved and I will not suffer. So, 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 so hear this. So, so Paul is trying to tell the, this um, church that you have been appointed to this. And why is this significant? Because trouble that is assigned by God is trouble that is not intended to take you out. Did y'all hear what I just said? If trouble has been assigned to me, God will never use that trouble to take me out. That, 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 that's critical. That's critical. And, and that's, that's even good news to me. So the critical question is when I'm faced with the troubles of life, is this trouble that has been assigned by God or is this trouble that I got my own self into? Because somebody say there's a difference. There is a difference. And folk think that all, oh, no, because I'm, I'm a believer. I, I, I got saved when I was 12. Every trouble that I face has been assigned by God to my life. Somebody say the devil is a lie. Some of us, even as believers, know how to get in trouble better than God know how to assign it. Oh, y'all don't like that. Some of y'all that got yourself into too much trouble because the sad reality is, watch this, is that many believers know how to find trouble. And this is why Proverbs 16, 18 speaks of feet that run to evil. Somebody say trouble. Because there's a difference, watch this, between trouble finding you and you finding trouble. And many reasons, somebody may be saying, how do I know? Notice what um, Psalm 37, 23 says, that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way. So, so there's some trouble that watches finds me on this journey called life. And there's some trouble that I find myself into. Tell your neighbor, don't find trouble. So here, here's what I'm trying to say. As long as we're pursuing the Lord, and as long as we're striving to please the Lord, when trouble arises, we can trust that God has assigned that trouble. In other words, not that God wants us to be trouble, but that he has purpose for that trouble. Y'all got to know there's a distinction. Many, I'm not saying that God just says, I love Miss Ivera, so I'm going to put all this trouble in her life. No, what, what he's saying is because of the fall of man in the garden, as long as you pursue me, as long as you try to please me, whatever trouble finds its way in your life, I'll use it for purpose. So I always, the posture that I want to find myself is, is the believer that is foreknown by God. In other words, I know that may seem too deep for somebody, but hear this, I just want to be found in his will. Somebody say, I want to be found in his will. 
So, 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 so this is a critical thing when trouble comes into our life because a believer that is postured in his will never has to worry about trouble that comes his way. That's good news to me, y'all, that when I know that I'm trying to please God, I know that I'm trying to walk with God. When trouble comes in my way, I ain't got to worry about it. Watch this because I'm in his will. And in it will and any trouble that comes on the life of a believer that steps have been ordered by God. Watch this. That trouble is never intended to take you out. And here's what the enemy wants you to believe. I know you're a praying woman. I know that you're a woman that pursues God. I know that you're a woman that gets on your face to hear proclamation from God. And the enemy wants you to believe that because of this trouble in your life, it's going to take you out. But as long, somebody say, as I'm in his will, God's going to use that trouble, somebody say, for purpose. And this is why James chapter 1 says this, for us to consider it pure joy. That don't mean that I'm happy about the trouble. That don't mean that I just say, oh, thank God, I love trouble. Come on, more trouble in my life. No, what it means is consider it, consider that God is going to use this, somebody say, for purpose. He's going to use it for his glory. He's going to use it to build you up. And the Bible says that you'll be complete, lacking in nothing. You don't have to worry about trouble when you're postured in his will. Even that trouble, hear this, will work for your God. This is why Romans 8, 28 declares, and we know somebody say all things. Work together for good to those that love God, to those that are called according to his purpose. Oh, that's good news. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves, when we encounter trouble, am I in his will? Many of us have found ourselves in trouble because, watch this, we found it. Somebody say, I found it. The Bible says, feet that run to evil. I'm not going to, listen, if I, if I wanted to cheat on my wife, somebody say, today. Boo, I'm not going to cheat on you today, but I'm just saying. That, that, the, the trouble that comes out of, as a result of that may just take me out. Because it was trouble that I found myself into. Not trouble while I was trying to please God, but watch this when I'm trying to please myself. So here's a, here, here's a better way to look at it. Did I find this trouble while I was trying to please myself? Did my flesh lead me into this woe of trouble? And God says, if you're foreknown by me. In other words, I, my former pastor said this, God will never send you where he has not already seen you. So that means in the mind of God, as long as my steps are being ordered by him, trouble might come my way, but it won't take me out. Tell your neighbor, it won't take me out. That's good news, y'all, because you can walk in trouble and walk through trouble when you are in the will of God. This is why I love the old saints that have been through some stuff. This generation of believers ain't been through nothing. We've got everything spoon-fed to us. We've got folk that still living with their mama, watch this, and still ain't paying no bills. Spoon fed. But this generate the old, the old saints. I love the old saints because they've been through some stuff. And because they walked with God, whenever trouble that came their way, they could walk on right through it. I want that type of faith. Somebody say, I want that type of faith. Woo, that's good news to me, y'all. So hear this, I'm done. It's not enough to know the providence of God in the midst of trouble. But it's vital for us to be postured in God in the midst of trouble. 
because it's our posture that will preserve us. Our old, the old saints they didn't have a lot of money, but they had a lot of belief in God. They desired to please God. That's why they used to take out behind the church. Somebody say seven days a week. Because they knew that they, their resources weren't going to get them through trouble. But somebody say they posture well. So they were trying, really, we didn't understand it. We were tired of going to church. We were tired of going to revival. We were tired. But what, what the old saints was trying to do was keep their posture in God. Because they knew whatever might come their way, that they'll be preserved. Somebody say, I want to be preserved. This is why we must be fair-minded in the midst of trouble. Somebody say, I, I need a sound mind. And somebody say, mind your own business. That's why y'all losing y'all mind now because you in everybody's business. Somebody say, but yours. That's why you in debt now because you in somebody else's business and not yours. We must have the right fellowship in the midst of trouble. The Bible says that a brother is born for adversity. Don't hinder my assignment. And we must be posturing what's foreknown by God. Somebody say, I want to be in the will of God. Because this is a posture, watch this, where God is faithful to preserve. I need y'all to hear what I just said. That posture, God is required to preserve the believer. If I don't have the right posture, God is not required to preserve me. The most dangerous place to be, somebody say, is outside the will of God. It's the wrong posture. And I need y'all to catch this throughout this series. The enemy is trying to get us out of position. Because he knows that our hedge of protection is in the right posture. Somebody say my hedge. And notice this. Go to that, that last screen for me. The Bible says in verse 6 of our foundational text. And now Timothy has come from, to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love. In other words, these believers endured all of that, but because of their posture, there was some good news to be received. Somebody say, I want some good news. The good news is that you'll be preserved if you can keep the right posture. Let us stand to our feet. I, I think this is critical. I'm going to pray. But somebody say, I just need one believer. Somebody say I just need one believer. I, I need to make I need you to make this assignment because I don't believe that we're in a season where things are going to get better immediately. And I'm saying that not just collectively, but I'm saying that individually. Somebody say my life. So when the storms and troubles of life arise, somebody say I need that one believer. I need you to pray. If that's not, if you don't have that in your life, it's critical. It's going to help you keep, stay connected to the body, but even more, it's going to help you stay connected to God. I need one person at my phone that I can call on that's going to pray for me, that's going to encourage me in this journey. If not, I might not be preserved. Let us go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you. We thank you, God. God, we thank you, God, for the wisdom that is found in your word. God, despite what we see on the news, despite what we see in the media, God, help us to not be shaken. I pray, God, for these believers, God. And it ain't even some of this stuff, God. It ain't even the corporate stuff that's going on in the world. But God, many of us have trouble in our own life. I'm praying for the believer that has trouble in their own life. 
God, I pray for the one, God, that's dealing with that relationship that has caused trouble. I'm praying for that one that's dealing with that diagnosis that has caused trouble. I'm praying for that one, God, that's dealing with those on their job that has caused trouble. As a matter of fact, God, I'm even praying for that one who thought they had a friend in the body of Christ. But now, God, they have caused trouble. Praying for that mother, for that child who has caused them trouble in our individual lives. Now, God, I pray, God, that you'll help us be fair-minded concerning our trouble. Let us see it, God, with the right perspective. Let us have a sound mind concerning it. And matter of fact, God, in this season, help us to mind our own business. God, let us not get entangled into things, God, that you never caused us to get entangled in. Let us be fair-minded, God, to make sound decisions, God, concerning the trouble that we face in our life. Give us a sound mind, God, we pray. And God, I pray, God, God, for the believer that wants to tuck away in their own corner, the believer that wants to do it by themselves in this season, the believer that says um, in mask, in solitude, but they're really in isolation. God, I pray, God, that you help them, God, be connected in this season. God, I believe this pandemic has been a tool of the enemy to try to disconnect the body of Christ. But God, we thank you for your word. And we thank you, God, for Timothy. God, all we need is one believer. I pray in this season, give every believer in this room, God, one believer that they can call on to be encouraged, to be strengthened, to help them continue in this journey. And God, we want to be foreknown by you. In other words, God, help us to always be found in your will. The most safest place that a believer can find themselves is in your will. And for that, God, I pray that over the life of every believer. Preserve us now, God, we pray. God, let our testimony be like those in Thessalonica. That good news might come out of our lives, even in the face of trouble. And every believer that believed said, thank God and amen. Give God a hand clap of praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. There may be somebody here this morning who says, I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. I'm outside of the will of God because I'm not saved. I'm not in relationship with him. I did not know that the safest place to find myself was in the will of God. And if that's you this morning, just slip up your hand. I believe we're all saved this morning. But if not, slip up, slip up your hand. I want to pray for you. There may be somebody online who says, I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. Let us pray for that one. If you made that decision, I want to pray for you. Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, that your word declares, God, uh, let them who come who are willing, let them freely come. God, this one, God, has freely come to you, saying they're a sinner in need of a Savior. And God, for that, we say thank you. That God, they're designed to be in your will. And God, for that, we say thank you. We thank you, God, that Jesus is the only Savior. Matter of fact, God, your word declares that he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father but by him. So, God, they're declaring that over their lives today. And, God, I believe this in my heart, that they're declaring now, God, that they want their steps ordered by the Lord. In other words, God, they're saying they're going to allow Jesus to Lord over their lives. And, God, when we do that, you say if we can confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, we can be saved. Thank you, God, for their salvation. Thank you, God, that your word declares when one come, heaven rejoices. 
So God, with a clapping of our hands, we signify that salvation in you. Let us clap our hands. And then my second plea is, you may be saying, I, want to, I need to be connected with the right fellowship of believers. The only people I have in my life, I don't. Listen, I'm not saying this to demean those that you may be connected in your life. But there's only two sides you can be on. You can either be on God's side or you can be on the enemy's side. So if you don't have people in your life that are not believers, that are not saved, I'm sorry to tell you, they're on the other side. They're on the enemy's side. So you're saying, I need a new fellowship. I need a fellowship of believers that I know are trying to pursue God. And they're not perfect, but they're trying to pursue God. If that's you this morning, just put it in the comment box. Send us a message. We'd love to connect with you. There's somebody in the house who's not a member who says, I want to be in fellowship with this body. I believe we're all members here. Amen. Send us a message and we'll make sure that we connect with you. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. If you got anything out of the message today, give God a hand clap of praise. Here's one of the things I want to say. I'm going to allow Minister Dominique to come up and take us further in the service. And I know he'll make note of this, but I need everybody to be connected to a poor group in this season. Okay, the poor groups are our small groups with the church. If you don't pick a, a class to get in, I'm going to put you in the class. So that means if somebody calls you, they're trying, that, that was assigned by Pastor Keith. Okay, So if you can avail yourself, connect with those groups. Those groups are to help us get a deeper understanding of the word. Those groups are, help, are to help us be discipled as believers. They help us to develop in our spiritual walk. It's also to make sure that we have deeper connections, deeper relationships. Somebody say deeper relationships. I don't want to go to a church where all the relationships are surface, where I just know folk in passing. But I need folk, if I'm going to tell you about my business, that you're going to pray about my business. Y'all hear what I'm saying? And we got too many churches with people playing about God. So I want us to connect with our poor group so that we can be connected as a body. Amen. Let us receive Minister Dominique at this time. Amen. Amen. Can we give another round of applause for Pastor Keith? I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.